Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome to the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and today I'm joined by Donna Bowers. Donna is wife to Mac, and they have two kids that serve on staff at Green Acres. She's an oncology nurse and has walked through cancer herself. Today, Donna is here to share her story of what God did in her life through her cancer diagnosis. Welcome, Donna. Oh, thank you for having me, Taylor. Excited. So glad you're here. So let's jump right in. When were you first diagnosed with cancer, and what type was it? I was diagnosed in July of 2014, and I had stage three lobular breast cancer. Wow. How did you take care of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally um, as you began walking through that journey? Well, it's a great question because literally the answer is walking. Um, There's such a sense of loss of control in one's life when you have a cancer diagnosis. You know, appointments are made, surgeries are scheduled, you have side effects, and you can't control any of those. Mm -hmm. But I could control my legs. And I walked every day. Sometimes it was only 10 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes with a family member, sometimes alone. Um, Walking also got me outdoors. And it was a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. It was fresh air. Um, it was an appreciation of all that God has created. So it changed my focus. Um, the other thing that I came up with that worked for me mm-hmm. was I had this little kind of mantra, if you call it that. So my daily plan would be that I would wake up, mm-hmm. and then I'd thank God for another day. And then I would get up, get out of that bed. Do not stay in that bed. Get moving. Mm-hmm. And I would suit up so I would get dressed. I didn't stay in the pajamas. I put on clothes. I would set up, which means I moved to the breakfast table where I could look out the window, and I would do my Bible study. Mm. And then at night, I would just thank God for another day done. Mm. So the only other thing I can say that was really helpful emotionally for me was sometimes those tears just need to come out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the stress is building. You're trying to take care of things, you don't feel the same as you did before, and just let them go. It's very um, releasing and cleansing. Mm. That's good. Um, So breast cancer is a type of cancer that is known not just to take your health, but it can also feel like it's taken a part of your womanhood. How have you experienced that? And if so, how did you battle that? This is a really... um, very real question. It's a real concern for both men and women. Mm-hmm. People deal deal with fear of the unknown, loss of hair, loss of breasts, loss of ovaries. Um, women fear that they're going to look different to themselves mm-hmm. and to their significant other, and what will that mean in their relationship? Men may actually have the fear of what are the physical changes um, to the woman in my life who's mm-hmm. going through this? How will I react to it? Mm-hmm. Um, And society places such an emphasis on how we look that any change can be traumatic, especially when most of our lives, that's how we've looked. Um, But it truly is what is inside that person that makes them who they are. Mm -hmm. A woman still laughs the same way, and the things we love about a person, they're still the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, Life is just different. Such a good reminder. Um, So, you know, keeping one's heart aligned with Jesus— 
um, help set focus, sharing with a significant other, talking to your physician. There are a number of groups that can help both the person with cancer and their families deal not just with breast cancer, but any kind of cancer. And then, of course, seeking professional counseling as Mm -hmm. needed if you're dealing with these kind of feelings and fears. How do you find those resources? Like, is there like a national database or something that has the groups? There's a web, you know, there's websites out there. Everybody knows how to Google. You can talk to your physician. Mm-hmm. All those offices mm-hmm. have reference material for Love that. It. And they usually have a support group of some sort yeah. connected with their mm-hmm. office too. That's great. Um, so how did you, and how do you still fight fears that come up with this? Isaiah 41.10, strong one in my life, um, and especially then, which states, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Um, And that was just such a sustainer, because I wasn't alone. Um, When I would go walking, because of that verse, I would actually say out loud sometimes, he is with me, and I picture him walking beside me. Mm. He is within me. And for that Job 33, verse 4, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Mm. He is all around me. Look at all he created. It would take the focus off myself mm-hmm. and and look at a bigger picture. And uh Then a terrible realization one day when I was walking was that um, this was the time of Ebola. Mm, mm -hmm. Just traumatic time, no cures, death rates, crazy. And I became really contrite about my fears and my situation because I was so thankful that I had access to medical care, that there were medications and physicians who knew how to treat this disease. We knew what the projected outcomes would be. It it instantly made me so thankful. Mm-hmm. So you are cancer free now. Yes. How long have you been cancer free? Um, well, technically, after surgery, I was uh, ruled no evidence of disease. That's great. Chemotherapy and radiation were to make sure that nothing was still left floating somewhere mm-hmm. in my system, or to ensure that it wouldn't come back. So um, it was really interesting. So surgery was at the end of July. And actually, of 2014? Yes, 2014. Okay. Yes, thank you. And um, I can tell you that it was December 16th that I was at a church service, and it just washed all over me and said, there's nothing here. Mm. It's gone, totally. And uh, it, it was just such an amazing feeling to have that wash over me like that. So good. So how have you battled the fear of it ever coming back? Like, Is that something that's been a fear or something that you've been able to help fight those feelings or you feel good? Where are you at? Um, it's uh, with my type of cancer, uh, the tendency to recur is out there. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, but I don't live in fear. Mm-hmm. I live my days. I live my life. Well, and the Lord reminds us he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but Correct. of power and love and sound mind. Correct. And, mm-hmm. you know, I take, I do my maintenance medications, my daily medications and, you know, I'm thankful that I have those. That's good. Modern medicine is very appreciated. <laughs> it is. So what are some of the encouraging things that people have shared with you um, as you've walked this journey? I had, and I still have, an amazing support system. 
my husband, my family, and my friends, and what I call my prayer warriors, the ones that were there in prayer through the everything. And it was interesting. Um, you know, I don't do Facebook or social media, but people found out and different things. And so at the end of the, the whole 10 months and everything, um, events kept coming out that people would relay to me. And I actually had a person, at least one, in every denom- denomination, sorry about that, um, in Tyler that was praying for me. I love that. I was like, how much more covered in prayer can you be? I love when we get to see the church come together like that. Like we have different ways that we worship or different ways that we interpret mm-hmm. parts of scripture, but having an opportunity to come together to pray for someone like that is so powerful. Oh, it's amazing. Just And then the other thing that was great talking about the power of prayer was hands-on prayer. Mm-hmm. I had never experienced that before. And in July, I just joined a Bible study. Mm-hmm. So the first night was, you know, get to know you. Here's how it's going to be laid out. Here's your assignment. The next week, I already knew. And so I resigned from the Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, the ladies in the group immediately put me in a chair. They surrounded me. And they put their hands on me. And they prayed for me. And I have never, until that point, had that experience. Oh, I've got chills. I, I, yeah, I still do, too. Um, it was so... Just amazing. And then um, there were numerous things throughout my treatment that can only be related to God. Mm. Um, Like what? Well, after my first treatment, my white count dropped down way lower than ever anticipated to the point of where I might have been at risk for infection. Mm. And so I immediately prayed very specifically that I did not want that white count to ever drop down below a certain level, Mm -hmm. because if after the first treatment it dropped that low, the second one was going to be even lower. Mm -hmm. And I prayed very specifically what my endpoint was. It couldn't go any further. And and, uh, when I came in for the next visit and the counts were good and they were up, my physician looked at me and he says, how can that be? And I just looked at him and I pointed up and I said, it's God. That's me. And um, it's just been... um, you know, I had another time when they did the laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually um, in a staff meeting, and we had a, a priest from the hospital come over and was talking to us. And I'd started radiation therapy, and my skin had started to break down. So you kept working? Yes, through a good portion of this. Some of the first portion I did not. Yeah. Okay, continue. So um, so the skin breakdown was starting they put their hands on me, and the Father was praying over me, and my skin reverted back to normal, and it never broke down at all. And they couldn't explain that. That is so it's cool. So, yeah, it's just amazing um, to have an actual identifiable yes. act of Miracle. healing. Yes. 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 I mean, it, it's nothing else. I feel like a lot of times we hear stories from missionaries who went to some third world country and saw this miracle happen, and... A lot of times we don't talk about that in, I think, American churches, and I think it's more because we're not looking for it and asking for it, and I love that that was your experience. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Um, What are the things? So we know that some people were very encouraging, praying for you. We love that. What are some of the things that maybe some people said to you or 
came to mind that maybe you should avoid saying to someone walking through cancer? Because our goal here is to equip people with answers. We're not trying to shame (laughs) anyone or throw anyone under the bus. There's forgiveness. But we also want to know moving forward, how do we approach this in a better way? Uh, Yeah, it's a great question because there were some real standout points for me. One was constantly being told I was a strong woman. Mm. You've got this. You're strong. And inside, I'm crumbling Mm. and feeling like I can't tell someone that I feel weak, that I don't feel right, that I'm just not right. Because it's added a pressure to you. Yes. Mm. And so you that kind of makes it so you don't explain what's happening. Um, you know, but I, I felt fortified anyway, but mm-hmm. still, you know, oh, I have to live up to that now besides yes. just trying to manage this. Um, another question that I found really um, disconcerting was when a person looked at me and said, is there any hope? Oh, gosh. And God, again, provided the answer because I said, there's always hope. Yes. And I walked off yeah. because, I, wow, I, you know, it's like, are you giving me a death sentence? You can't mm-hmm. give me that. Well, and it's hard because people want to know what's a prognosis, but there's really not a good way to ask that. You no. know, like if somebody volunteers that information, great. But trying to ask that kind of question, there's so many ways that can go wrong, and that's <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> and it did. Um And I think the other thing, um, we live in the Bible Belt, Mm -hmm. and you know how we always, or a lot of people say, hi, how are you? I'm fine. It's just this automatic Mm -hmm. statement, and I think there's another automatic one, which is, oh, how are you? I'll pray for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm just saying, do it. Do it right then. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to pray for me, ask me what you need to pray for, Mm -hmm. because through treatment, it changes, or, or for anybody, whatever mm-hmm. they're dealing with, you know. Um, and most people will tell you what they need, or just a general prayer of well-being, or you know. Something. So those were um, uh, just to be sincere. That if you say you're going to pray for someone, and I've been remiss on this myself. Oh, we all have, you know. But do it. Write their name down. Remember, and it makes a difference. And then text them later in the week. Hey, just finished praying for you, and it. Just an easy way to encourage someone. Absolutely. And I like that follow-up a lot because it means it did happen and someone cares. Yeah, exactly. I talked about this in another interview recently, and we were just talking about how we want to be loving to people, but if we are not putting action to our love, it's really not loving. So saying you're going to pray for someone is really not loving if you're not actually going to do it. And I think that's something that as Christians we do so often that we've got to be better at. And help encourage each other. Yeah, being intentional. And like I said, I love the Mm follow-up. I've been praying for you, for your request. Has it been answered? Yes. You know, how great is that? Yes, absolutely. It's great. Um, So what encouragement would you offer to someone who is walking this road? Well, first of all, I would just say your emotions are just that. They are your emotions. Mm -hmm. For the majority of people, we're not equipped to handle this diagnosis when you hear it. We don't have anything in our toolbox from the rest of life to say, here's what I do or what I should do or not do. Um, There's no right or wrong way to feel. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, I encourage going to a support group, 
utilizing a counselor, mm-hmm. talking to a physician about what you're experiencing. Um, the other thing would be break, you know, look at your treatment the way you need to look at it. You know, break it down into a way that's meaningful for you. Uh, I had 10 months of overall treatment. I had a first set of certain kind of chemotherapy followed by a different set of chemotherapy followed by radiation. So it's 10 months. Mm -hmm. My husband looked at life in 10 months. I was overwhelmed by hearing 10 months because I was like, oh, what happens in February? Oh, that's this many months away. Or what happens over here? And what's that? Oh, I'm going to miss out on blank. And I'm going to... So, you know, that didn't work for me. So Mm -hmm. what I did is I took each set of treatments and, you know, the first set was four different treatments, every, you know, one every three weeks. And that was what I would count down. And I did the same thing with the next set. Mm-hmm. And then my ra- my radiation treatment, like I said, I was working. So I had sticky notes all over my work desk. And I put down, each one had a number on it. And it corresponded to how many more radiations I had. So when I'd get my radiation treatment, I'd kind of go over there and I'd just very happily rip that <laughs> sticky note <laughs> off it. of there. And that was really helpful to me. So however it works for each person, it's great. Well, and it's just a reminder that we have to take it one step at a time. I remember when I was a kid and I'd get overwhelmed with homework, my parents would be like, you don't eat an elephant in one bite. You take it one bite at a time. (laughs) And that's what we have to do with things that are in front of us that seem overwhelming is what's the next step? You don't have to be 10 steps ahead, 10 months ahead, whatever. What is next and right in front of you? And that helps really, I think, with our mindset and perspective on things. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that God taught you through this process or how has He used you through this process um, that have been encouraging to you? Well, my faith journey actually was strengthened. Mm. Um, I felt like it was strong before. How long Uh, had you been a Christian before? A while? A while, yes. like. Over thirty years okay. or more, I didn't. I wasn't raised in a church home, uh-huh. so I was kind of late to the the party. <laughs> but um, but there's evidence of God working in my life before that, even before I realized that He was protecting me mm-hmm. or that that was a situation I shouldn't be in. He does um, that. He took care of me. Um, but the the great thing was, is because I wasn't working, and the only thing I had to do was take care of myself. Mm. Every morning, I was able to get up and faithfully um, do a Bible study and just read and uh, just set the tone for my day and just get into that rhythm and not be interrupted by rushing off or phone calls or anything mm-hmm. like that. So that was a that was a blessing. Um, do you remember what you were studying at that point? Uh, it was I started with the ninety days with. Jesus mm. by Beth Moore, mm-hmm. and that was really good for me because I thought, okay, there's there's a concrete amount of time. There you go. That's good. 90 days, and then you've knocked out three of your 10 months. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, I think the other thing I would really like to encourage people about is to not be their cancer. Mm. Live beyond their cancer. Um, look forward. Live your life. It's a good time to realize, hey, I always wanted to learn sign language. Mm-hmm. Well, do it. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's You wanted to do it. Um, just find those those joys and the things in life that you really want to put your time into mm-hmm. because your time is valuable. Yes. And to lose joy because you're doing something because you have to 
or someone told you you have to, you know, kind of thing, or they think, or you think that it's expected of you, mm-hmm. just go go find what gives you joy. I love that. Well, on that note, we will end. But before we end, there are two questions that we ask every equipped guest. So the first one is, what is something you're learning? I have been learning how to quilt. Oh. Yes. Very kind of old school, but it is so much fun. It's like a fabric jigsaw puzzle. I love that. And I don't think I have the patience for it, but I love that for you. Oh, it's it's amazing. I kind of, I like it. I've really been enjoying it. I've met so many wonderful women um, that you just don't believe that it really still exists out there. It's yes. not a grandma kind of thing. And um and and it's good the socialization the sharing the you know the joys when you finish one or you yes. you gift it to someone it's it's really been fun I love that and then what is something you're loving I truthfully am loving Green Acres Baptist Church Aww. I love scripture based sermons mm-hmm. delivered by an impassioned pastor I love the genuine people yeah we've got a good pastor and good people and. I love having people to share prayer and life with, Mm -hmm. and it's really been a blessing to be a member here. Which is a great reminder for our listeners. If you're local, we'd love to have you at Green Acres. Um, If you're not, get plugged into a local church because, I mean, that just changes everything. I mean, having biblical community to rely on is, I mean, it's been instrumental in my life, Um, and it sounds like the same for you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Donna, thank you so much for being here and being vulnerable with us today and sharing your story. Oh, thanks for having me, Taylor. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops and follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.